The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning into episode 120 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the Noise of the North. I'm Daniel Mano. this time recording from my incredibly impressive Boathouse studio overlooking the wonderful and glassy Lake Sawyer just outside of Orlando, Florida. It's the start of May, and the birds are chirping, the flowers are blooming, the clouds are shining. What's that peeking through? Why, it's your bi-monthly dose of audio sunshine today's episode is proudly brought to you in part by centurion boats centurion has been supporting wake surfing nearly since the sports inception making boats specifically designed to create perfectly shaped wakes and waves to cater to wakeboarding and wake surfing pioneers Centurion is the official towboat for the World Wake Surfing Championships as well as Twin Lakes Corn Fest. And this summer, you can join the fun by attending one of the many stops of Centurion's 2019 waterproof tours, hitting cities all over the U.S., Canada, South Korea, and Japan. Find out more at waterprooftour.com or go see Centurion's full lineup and find a certified dealer near you. You guys can go to centurionboats.com. That's C-E-N-T-U-R-I-O-N boats.com. And speaking of Centurion, we're talking to one of their most visible riders today, David O. Queeve. But wait, before you guys fast forward straight to the interview, I do need to tell you that you can listen to and share the Golden Mike podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and a wide array of podcast listening apps on Android, as well as on my very own website, noiseofthenorth.com. You can also follow the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook and follow me personally on Instagram at Dano T. Mano and on Twitter at the Golden underscore Mike to stay up to date on all the latest Golden Mike news. If you're listening on iTunes or through the Apple podcast app, be sure you've hit that subscribe button, then go back and rate the show five stars and leave a review. It's writer review month. It's still going on and I couldn't be happier from what I'm seeing. For those of you who don't know We are well on our way to 100 written five-star reviews on iTunes. And to celebrate, the next 20 reviews will be entered in for a chance to win a brand spanking new O'Brien Wake Surfer just in time for the summer season. 
All you have to do is log on to iTunes and write a five-star review about this podcast. You already love it. Once you do that, you'll be automatically entered in to win that amazing O'Brien Wake Surfer. And on top of that, I'll even send you some swag for your troubles. All you got to do is take a screenshot of your review once it posts and send it over to me at goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. I'll be announcing the winner on June 1st, and I have a feeling it could just be you. I do have some recent news I want to get to while it's still fresh. The Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour kicked off with its first stop of the season at the Orlando Water Sports Complex on April 20th. The stop marked the 20th anniversary of the event, and there were close to 75 riders from not just around the U.S., but from all around the world in the mix. You know, to me, the first stop of the gravel tour always is like the first day of school after summer break. You get to reconnect with old friends and see how much they've grown, and you get a look at the new freshmen of the class, the riders, and they announce their arrival to the sport. All the greats have competed in the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour at one point or another, and it's great seeing the next J.D. Webb or Bob Sovin coming up through the ranks. And this year, just like every year in the past that I've been a part of the Gravel Tour, we saw some amazing performances. The next stop is on May 11th in Orlando. I'd recommend not missing it. This past weekend at the OWC in Orlando, the WWA, the World Wake Association, hosted the 2019 Masters Wakeboard LCQ. There was some awesome riding and a great turnout as 50 riders from around the world all rode their hearts out for a chance to qualify for the granddaddy of them all, the Masters. Special shout out to Toya Akita and Finn Bullock Womble who qualified for the junior men's division. Shannon Sahimbas and Piper Harris qualifying through in junior women's. On the women's pro side, a special congrats to Australian Beck Gange, and now in her sophomore season as a pro women's wakeboarder, the up-and-coming Mary Morgan Howell from Dothan, Alabama. And finally, for men's professional wakeboard, a big shout-out to Showtime, Shota Tezuka from Japan and back from injury, the poised for greatness, the one and only Dirty Mike Dowdy. It was a truly great showing from everyone. And on a side note, I ran into Shota and Akita at a Japanese barbecue in Orlando the following night. Needless to say, they were full of food and excited. They're stoked for the Masters. And they are two of only a very short list of Japanese riders to ever compete at the Masters. I actually made that up, but it sounded real, and it's probably true. Anyways, this past weekend, I personally attended the kickoff event for the Centurion Boats Waterproof Tour. Stop number one, known as the Wild West Wake Surf Shootout, was held at Lake Pleasant, just outside of Phoenix, Arizona, in Mesa. It was two days with nearly 100 of the top amateur and pro Wake surf competitors from all around the world doing what they do best, slashing. I called the action and watched some pretty impressive performances and met some really great people. The official results for the event are available at the CWSA.org online. After this, the Waterproof Tour has seven more stops across the globe, including events in Japan, Korea, Canada, before concluding right back here in the States in Utah for the Wake Surf World Championships. 
Looking ahead, the Thigh High Surf Series presented by Nautiques of Orlando and Danny Harf is coming up on Mother's Day, Sunday, May 12th at the Orlando Water Sports Complex. What a better gift could mom ask for than seeing her child win a wake surf competition? Better yet, what if mom straight up won it? This event is open to all wake surfers regardless of skill level. If you ever wanted to compete but don't know how to get your foot in the door, here's your chance. Wake legend Danny Harf will be driving the boat and entry is open to everyone at thighhighsurf.com. But you better register fast because the spots are seriously filling up quick. And finally, the Water Ski Hall of Fame inducted the original ski baby himself, the already legendary legend good old PB Parks Bonifay. What a year, what a 365 days it's been for Parks. Y'all remember he was inducted into the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame last September. If memory serves, Parks is the first major wakeboarder to ever be inducted into the Water Ski Hall of Fame. If I'm wrong, let me know, preferably in a form of a five-star review on iTunes. Anyways, the ceremony had nearly 600 folks in attendance. I guess it was completely up from years in the past. Some of the biggest names past and present in the sport were in attendance, and I'm going to go out of my way to try to get Parks back on the podcast super soon for a full episode to get him to talk a little bit more in depth about the honor and the recognition that he's been receiving all season long or all year long. It's just unbelievable, and PB has done so much for the sport. He's a guy I've always looked up to. Seriously, the word goat gets thrown around all the time, but Parks truly is the greatest of all time, no doubt. All right, y'all, this might be the most controversial episode of the Golden Mike podcast ever with David O'Queeve opening the 2019 wake season with some serious beef. In the age of social media, we've got more channels of communication than ever before, and that's bound to eventually create a little friction. And David might just be the most socially active rider that the sport has ever seen. With most of his videos and tweets garnering tens of thousands of views and hundreds of comments, David has always done his best to respond back and reply to all of them. He is responsible for getting a whole lot of eyes on the sport of wakeboarding and a ton of feet in the water. And that's why it came as no surprise when he won the coveted Wakeboarding Magazine Reader's Poll Award voted for completely by the fans. But it hasn't all been positive. Apparently, David has gotten heat with other riders, and he has come on this very podcast to discuss it all. We'll be right back with all that and so much more after this quick word right here, my friends. Let's do it on the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Oh, yeah! If you've seen any of David O'Queeve's viral videos, then it's safe to say that you've seen him ride an O'Brien Valhalla wakeboard setup. O'Brien Watersports has been around for over 50 years, making them one of the longest lasting brands in the entire toad water sports industry. Wake season is fully upon us and with a diverse lineup of skis, wakeboards, surfers, tubes, and accessories, there's no doubt in my mind that you'll be able to find exactly what you need to take your fun to the next level at the lake this summer. They have everything for first-time riders all the way to seasoned professionals. For a full look at their product catalog, head over to O'Brien.com and while you're there, find a local dealer and stay up to date with all the latest O'Brien news. 
That website again is O'Brien.com, O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Check them out today, baby. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. David O, I'm not even going to try to spell your last name right now. David O. Cleveman, how the heck are you doing? Welcome back to America. Welcome back to Florida and welcome back to the Boathouse Studio, my friend. Thank you very much, Dano, for having me. It feels good to be back in the land of the free. Dave, dude, congratulations, bro. Um, dude, everything seems to be on the up and up with you right now. Um, the YouTube channel, but that's not even what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is one of the great Golden Mike podcast sponsors and partners and your newest announced sponsor, Roswell Marine. Yep. Dude, congratulations again Thank on you. that. Uh, I want to hear a little bit about the partnership with you and Roswell. I saw your social media posts. I know you were super excited. It took you, I, it was hard for you not to let everybody know that it was happening. Tell us, um, why you were so excited to, to join the team and what we can expect in the future. Yeah, so I guess it kind of, to me, it came out of the blue. Like, obviously, I knew about their products both. To be honest, interestingly, because in Europe, there's a lot of older boats and stuff. So I knew of, like, the towers and the speaker systems because people put aftermarket parts on their boats. They'll buy a boat, like a ski boat in their tower and put a tower on or speakers. So I knew all about it. And then, but I never really put two and two together that it could even really fall under my brand as such. But then Brad reached out to me. In Brad Gearhart. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so he's obviously running the kind of marketing side of stuff in there. And he reached out to me and he was like, listen, would you be interested in coming on? And then obviously it made so much sense because Centurion use a lot of their products in the factory, the towers, the racks, the speakers, the amps, everything. So it all just fell into place. And then in January, I think we didn't actually announce it until February, which was like that one month was like... What's happening? When are we going to announce it? But then finally we got to say it. And then I've been over on this trip doing a lot of filming and photography with them, which is this morning actually we were literally out shooting on so, there. So they're down by the beach, uh, by Cocoa Beach. Yeah. Were you guys riding saltwater? Were you guys riding freshwater? No, there? no. So yesterday I visited the factory down in Cocoa and then, or yeah, the factory, the offices, everything like that. And then today we shot out on Little Lake Conway. You have been a part of the Centurion team now for... Uh, just over 365 days, I believe yeah. it was about a year. I reckon we're actually, I was thinking about this, I think we're closer to maybe 600 days. About, about almost year, two years Almost now. two years. I think it's two years in May. Unbelievable how time flies, Isn't man. it? Scary. Well, I know that you weren't sponsored by a boat company the, when I had you on the podcast. Yeah, I didn't, it wasn't even in the reach, you know, at the time. I don't know. Obviously, from our last conversation, you, you told me, you know, if, if you had a wakeboard boat in, you know, the... The amount of people who have wakeboard boats in Ireland yeah. is probably not huge. So I want to find out also about that, like find out if you've been able to um, gain any exposure for the brand and, and maybe even get some of those boats out on the water. Yeah, well, obviously. So that was the first thing. So how it even came about, I actually went independently to test Centurion boats for the IWWF. Now, this is literally probably even before we did our last podcast, like a long time ago, four years ago, I'm going to say. Met the team, everything. And one night they just kind of asked me why I wasn't sponsored by a boat company because at the time I was still pretty competitive obviously I still am but at that time I was doing like 18 contests a year or something like that so they were like well, how come you don't have a boat sponsor and my scenario is different because I don't live in Florida that's the biggest 
challenge I've faced with it. So I kind of just explained everything pretty openly because I was told before I went there, there's no prospect of like getting sponsored here. Like you're literally just going to see if the boats are good enough to run the IWWF Worlds. So we did, we tested it. Then they made their whole deal. I wasn't involved in that. And then a couple months later, even longer, I started speaking to them again. And then we ended up coming up with a deal which is unbelievable for me because it gives me the kind of flexibility to still be traveling loads but then when i come to florida i can ride on one of their boats if i go to california even in europe so like the the distributor in europe has a boat in the uk i've been riding there and then yeah i guess what my role is to hopefully it's kind of two roles the way i see is one to help push things in the european side to get some more of them into into europe but then as well to kind of grow the overall exposure we've got like we've done like hundreds of thousands of views on videos where I've been filming behind their boats. So yeah, that's kind of my role, I guess. Have you seen any Centurions pop up on the Irish waters? Yet? Not on the Irish waters. So Ireland, the boat market is small. And the main reason for that is actually because of finance. So here it's very normal to buy a car in finance or to buy a ha well, obviously a house, but a, a car, a boat, people finance things a lot easier in the US. The banks are more lenient. In Europe or in, in Ireland specifically, it's, they don't do it. Like banks don't offer finance for boats. It's all cash. Exactly. So you need to have the money there. So it makes it extremely challenging for the dealers. I feel quite bad for them actually. But even it's just our culture. Irish people like to own what they have. Only recently in the last, I'm going to say six years, people are buying cars on finance. Until then, everyone owns their cars outright. Let's let's keep going here. Yep. Let's talk about um, YouTube. Um, I want to find out like, Last time I checked, you were like at 47,000. No, not quite. I think it's 45,600. Right? I'm, I'm always. I know I'm, I'm very analytical with it. Yeah, but it's about four, 45,000 ish. 45,652 to be yeah. exact. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, but I'm, who's counting? <laughs> I sound so, terrible now. I, I, I want to find out like uh, about the channel because. First of all, how many videos at this point do you have? No, I don't know that statistic, but it's. I'm going to say. 300 ish but i could be off by 100 there that's a lot so that's so you have consistently now for almost four years it must be more than 300 actually yeah consistently but i love it like it's in i don't know if we even spoke about this basically if i'm going to summarize it very fast i moved to america when i was 19 on my own and i went from like having my mum do everything for me like cook look after everything to then all of a sudden living on my own and needing to learn how to cook so i watch youtube videos for that then if something broke in the apartment, I would like look up how to fix it. Same with cars. I had that Mustang I was talking about that broke down. I ended up having to like look up things about that. So I realized YouTube's a great tool to learn. Then for my 21st birthday, my parents bought me a camera to film like Instagram clips. So then I used that camera a couple times for that. And then one day I was super bored because being a professional wakeboarder is, is kind of boring at times. And I don't mean to like this. You wake up. I was living, living the dream, but it was... You start, you, we would wake up and be out riding from 8 till 10. Then we'd be finished at 10. There'd be like three of us. We'd do nothing until 4 p.m. and then wakeboard again. So I was like, well, I have all these hours in the day. And like, how long can making lunch take? Or how long can cleaning my clothes take? So then I started doing the YouTube video. So I started with how to tantrum. And then I just kind of escalated into loads of tutorials, loads of different kind of challenges and things like that, which are really fun to film. They're probably my favorite. And then just like vlog, kind of keeping people up to date on what I'm up to. And I don't like that word vlogs at all, but it's kind of what it is. So, so like originally when you started, like what were your goals and your visions of the channel? I'm going to say nothing but everything, if that makes sense. I had no intention. I actually kind of stopped. I did it 
I think the first week I filmed like three or four and then I just didn't do it really. I did maybe one every two months for a while. And then the next year I kind of just like just got a fire under me to do it and to just be at it really consistently. And then since then I've, I think we were talking about on the way down here, I think the longest I've gone without uploading is maybe two weeks, but generally it's like three or four days. And that's, and that's maybe like you taking a holiday or something. Yeah, I don't even do, well, yeah, the only time I take off in the whole year, if like, is what I always say is December. So for the month of December, I stay in Ireland, but any other time of the year, if you want me to go somewhere and it's like going to work out, I'll go for sure. I'm always up for everything except December because Ireland is too good of a place to not be in Ireland for December. Sure. So, okay. So I got to ask you, like when you're watching the following growing, so you're somewhere around 45,000, 45,000 followers yeah, roughly. and you know, okay. So if, if we want to get fully analytical, we can break it down like this. You've been doing your YouTube channel for four for four years times, let's say, well, 365 days a year. It's very interesting because it's not that black and white. In the winter, my views and my growth is tiny. It's minuscule. And then come June, July, August, everything multiplies by literally 15 to 20 times. It literally grows that big. It's insane. So it's my whole... So even in the winter... If you look at it very structurally, like this isn't how I look at it, but if you were to look at it structurally, the winter I just keep it going, putting out new videos, and no video does exceptionally well. And now I'm still saying each video probably gets 10K and they might get more. But then in the summer, it's like last summer, I think we did June, July, August. I never hit the 1 million, but I did 980,000 views each month. I think all of it. And that's insane. Like that's on YouTube, like, which is amazing. Like it's quite crazy that that many people want to waste their time watching my videos but it's v the point i'm trying to get at is it's very seasonal for me in 2019 with instagram twitter it's impossible. With facebook with uh youtube with with everything out there and it and with cable parks and boat riding it's hard to watch every rider know every big shot absolutely everywhere and i'd say because particularly I could probably name like 50 cable riders you've probably never even heard of because like, there's this whole level of cable riders who are unknown and they're unbelievable. They're better than most of the riders that we know and cherish, you know, but it's just, that's the way cable wakeboarding is right now. But yeah, so there's so many people that it's impossible to keep track of. But how do your numbers compare to like some of these other guys who are doing like these YouTube videos? Because I know that like a guy like Harley, he, I don't know if he, kept it going but he started something i don't think i think harley bought a camera but now i remember messaging him on instagram like yes do it but then he never actually got to uploading and Corey was the exact same however tony arconi showed her i'm trying to think who else they're like the two big names let's say the household names who try to get into it sean murray does it a little bit he would be less consistent but he's been at it for a long time right. so but he told me i spoke to him a few days ago and he's like i just want to upload videos when i want to upload a video like i don't want to be on a strict because it ruins it can ruin creativity it can also create creativity though uh the guys i think the standout people who have done quite well are jb o'neill he's been in and incredible hats off to him he, he works hard at it the peacock brothers i don't know if you if they, you know them yeah like liam and ryan ryan they are obviously insane wakeboarders but their youtube channel is brilliant i'm a big fan of it and they're basically like male models yeah yeah exactly yeah the girls love it like if you watch their instagram it's just a load of girls making them heart emojis and stuff but yeah they, and yeah so theirs is but they make great content i'm a big fan of theirs uh who else i'm definitely leaving someone out but there's a bunch of people trying it that's so the what, kind of, what are your thoughts on that like how does that make you feel with those guys it's amazing if I, 
Are they coming at you? Or no, 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 no. I, I get on with all of them. JB O'Neill is like probably one of my better friends in wakeboarding. The Peacock Brothers, I've only really got to know them in the last maybe, let's say, six, seven months. But yeah, big fan of theirs. And I think it's important because the thing is, if I, when I went and did, I went to the Philippines and JB O'Neill was there and we filmed a bunch of videos together. And we cross over following. So he's got all these people from Texas who have no idea who I am. I've got all these people from Europe who have no idea who he is. And then they, they cross. And then we're, we're, it helps each other. Maybe it benefits him more than me, but it still benefits me. And so I think the more the merrier. And I, and I think that's with everything. Like The more people involved, the better it's going to really go. Agreed, for sure. And I, I feel like the same way when it comes to the podcast. And sometimes I, it's just frustrating because I, I, I see people come into the arena and then they do one or two or three episodes, and then yeah. they and they stop. And like they're good. It's something you understand. Is consistency is everything. That's my motto with life. I don't actually have a motto with life, but that's something I say for everything. But you understand that because you've been doing this. What this is one hundred and twenty. Yeah, this is either one nineteen, one twenty, one twenty one, somewhere okay. right in there. So you've done it a lot of times, and you understand it. You've been doing it for years. So many people have come into the YouTube thing. Steel was the best example. I was with Steel this morning, and he literally was like. Like, I'm a good friend of Steele's. Like, I really am fond of him. But he was like, it's just hard to constantly be creative. Because he's obviously... But I said to Steele, like, well, your creativity level is, like, so beyond mine. So everything you do is, like, exceptionally viral and exceptionally good and good quality. And I was like, you could put it down a notch. But that's not his brand. So it but wouldn't suit him. he had the him. machine behind him for a real long time. He had the Red Bull machine behind him yeah, for a really long yeah, time. Exactly, too. which helps, obviously, with the financial side of stuff. But, yeah, what happens is people are blown away by the time it takes like it it doesn't just happen you don't just film a video and it goes live it eats into your writing time it i spend like every day and i like i spend every day like i'd say on average six hours behind a computer not just editing emails business stuff and people don't realize that like youtube takes a lot of time replying to comments uploading creating thumbnails editing there's a glitch you have to take it down you have so to it's got to cost it. you a lot of money in managers and in producers i do all myself <laughs> no, no i do everything every single bit myself how have you been able to stay on it for so long and keep up with it without getting so burnt out well or are I mean, you burnt out no i mean there's days where i'm like i need like right now i've basically been wavering for like 16 17 days in a row i've been filming every single day two videos three videos a day like it's been a lot but no i don't ever really get burnt burned out and i think the main reason for it oh, it's so cliche but is that i genuinely really enjoy doing it like i that's what i like to do and that's why i haven't got burnt out but also yeah i, I think there's a, an element of when you get positivity on your videos people messaging you everything like that that fully like encourages you to keep going because you realize people are learning from these and like obviously it can be as, as low as people just learning a new trick but then people are saying like oh like it actually happens and you see this all the time but like you don't really think about it and it's like people will mess you be like man like you got me into wakeboarding and now wakeboarding has like changed my life i've lost like 10 kilos or something or whatever and then like i get one of them like often and i'm just i i reply and i'm like that's amazing but sometimes i probably don't stop to think like crap this guy's like fully changed his like jimmy it's and it's to me wakeboarding like changed the direction of my life do you well, know what i mean it's, it's, I know, that's <clears throat> so cringy but it's true it's funny because the, the what i was going to ask you next was like youtube wise like what's what's the most rewarding part about it because i look at you and at this point you've got to be bringing in i don't think you're making millions off of youtube but you've got to be you're consistent you're getting the views You've got to 
be able to bring in some sort of um, monetary rewards. Yeah, I mean, rewards. probably not as much as you think. Like, I don't, no, no, know, I don't think it's that you, much you, at all. YouTube <laughs> actually is very little. I mean, ways around it, like selling stuff around it, that's how you make money off it. But, I mean, it's it's funny. I, I can't even remember who I had this conversation with. But, like, being a professional wakeboard, I had a lot of conversations with Sean Murray recently and John Dryling. So, it was one of the two of them. Being a professional wakeboard is tough. It's a tough industry to make money it's probably one of the biggest, darkest secrets of wakeboarding is that most of the guys don't have like anything. Like it sucks, but that's the reality. And so, for me, the you if we're gonna go reward, it's definitely not financial because I, I actually make more money nearly at this stage. Probably not quite, but equal money outside of wakeboarding as I do inside of it. And so that's it's purely, and I don't like this word because everyone uses it, but it's passion driven, and that that's how I haven't got burnt out because I genuinely enjoy. On any evening of the week, I just sit on my laptop. I don't watch really Netflix very often. I sit on my laptop and I edit. And it's that's, it makes me sound like a weirdo. But like obviously, I go ahead and socialize too. But Monday to Friday, that's what I do in the evenings. And I love doing it. Are you watching YouTube? I watch a lot. I will watch not everything, but I do watch bits and bobs. Who are you watching? Like, are you, like, who are you watching in the wakeboard space? And then who are you watching outside of the wakeboard space? In the wakes, wakeboard space, I kind of mention them. But it would be like the kind of... Well... JB O'Neill, because he uploads every two days, so that's always fresh content. Now, I don't watch everything, but I watch most of them. I watch the Peacock Brothers. Murray, if he uploads video, it's, it's more seldom, but he does. They'd be my wakeboard ones. I think I'm probably leaving out someone I'm going to kick myself in the foot listening this back. So if I have left you out and you know I watch, I'm sorry. Uh, you just and have then, to come back for number three. Exactly, and we'll shout you out then. Then on the outside of wakeboarding... I watch a lot of car stuff. I'm really interested in that. And I do a little bit of that myself. So it's kind of educating. See, this is you educate yourself from watching other people. So that's what I, I watch it for. Uh, I'm trying to think, do I watch anything kind of unorthodox? I know you were watching like Casey Neistat. Or Don't watch him anymore. I just kind of lost interest in him. I kind of lost interest in vlogs. And I think the population has too. Now, my videos, my biggest goal for this year is to make my videos less vloggy and more to the point so that's kind of what i'm going for are you doing like product reviews on like actual wakeboard products because i've seen you do or uh, the most recent review i saw was like a hyundai car yeah or so so that's not my channel so that's that's a completely different business that's like so we we're talking about how to make money and all this a minute ago or whatever that's what like that's a business of mine so we do basically i it's like a the biggest car selling website in Ireland and I'm now like producing videos, selling them the content and running their YouTube channel for them. And that's a business. That's that's completely separate. And we do that, we film that in block and then I go away and I edit it and it's it's worked fantastically so far. I mean it's early days and that. So yeah, so car reviewing, but it's completely separate. It's not I wouldn't put that on my channel. Did you ever go to um like college or uni university or anything I, like that? I did one year in university. I was studying economics, but then I left because wakeboarding and was And now you've basically done your college through travel and yeah. YouTube and through through meeting with brands like actually working it's like that is do you know what I mean dealing with learning so much and that actually the car stuff has educated me massively because I do everything as an athlete or as a rider or as a person and you can get away with messing up like no one really cares I make mistakes every single day and even in my YouTube channel I stutter and I just leave it in I don't care but when you all of a sudden work for a brand you need to think of the way a brand's perceived and like I'm dealing with a website that gets I think it's got like, I don't know, millions of people using it every minute. So I don't want to be like, I don't want to make a mistake. And and so that's, it's helped me actually in my in my wakeboarding thing now because I can see what brands are thinking. So it's silly stuff like, now I only wear a Coast Guard approved vest. Stuff like that, because I understand that's way more marketable. 
So it's it's actually come in turn to do well, that. Well, and and when you're getting that many eyes on you and getting it's messages the right from thing people, to do. you know that's it, it's the right thing to do. Well, it's the right thing to do. As in personally, it's it's safer for me. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to die. But also, it's what I would imagine if like a kid, I was wearing like a. Well, it's more the people who are like riding with their vests open or their or no vest at all or no helmet on the cable, and then kids are like. Because I've seen kids wakeboard without helmets and stuff, and I'm like, on the kickers, and I'm like, oh, just wear one. Like, but then that kid's gonna die, literally could die. Like, I know it sounds very dramatic, but it's possible and it has happened. And it's because of some top pro thinking it's cooler to not wear one. I'll, I've gone out and done everything that I can do in an orange vest, you know, yep. rope burn on my back, but I know my head will float up. You, yep. know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I looked pretty pretty goofy out there Look, it looks goofy but who cares at the end of the day and that's that's something that gets lost is like too much about what it looks like and not what it actually is to just do like fun and that yeah that's what i don't know yeah so you're here for the the u.s cable tour yeah. um a gentleman named wayne harris his daughter piper harris the local here in orlando what's up guys you're getting that shout out right there they started wayne is going to love this he's gonna love it <laughs> for sure um it's 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 a Pretty neat little thing that, that Wayne has set up. This it's US, sensational. It um, really is. But I think it's really cool what they're doing, and I want people to hear about it. So I was hoping you can talk about yeah. it and your experiences. Okay, so basically, and now this is, it's, I want to afterwards talk about cable in general, because obviously I'm a boat rider. Coming from the boat, I'm way better on the boat. I compete on the boat, so I definitely want to touch on that. But with this trip, so effectively what happens is you meet up on a Saturday, and you just go to five different parks in or in Florida. You drive around, you all, and then every day, basically, you ride in the afternoon, and you always have two pros with you. So this trip, it was myself and John driving. Then in the mornings, you do some sort of crazy activity. So we were flipping airplanes, we were skydiving, we were snorkeling, like all this crazy stuff. And what happens is, the most interesting part about it, because I'm fresh off one of these, and I've done it three times now, is it's not the act. The people who go on it are just normal people who work normal jobs for the most part. Wakeboard enthusiasts? Wakeboard enthusiasts. But honestly, the last one, there was a guy who'd never even wakeboarded in his life before. There was a girl who'd done it like twice. You know, so people book onto this because it's like an adventure. It's literally an adventure of a lifetime. And you go on, and the most fascinating part about it is it's not the activities and everything you do that people leave with. It's like, I don't know, for some reason, people just become very close on the trip and they like... I met a guy who was who I went on it in Australia. Like I met up with him, and then two other people. One guy flew to from Australia to meet another person in Chicago. Actually, you know, like so the people become friends for life on it. It's crazy, and so that's where it's really cool. But yeah, so the trip is insane. It's an incredibly fast pace. You start every day at six a.m. if you're lucky, and you're finished every day at three a.m. if you're lucky. It's it's intense, but it's amazing. So what's going on with cable? Are you starting to take a little bit more serious? Or? Trying to, and so it's funny. Like, obviously, you don't want to. Sometimes boat people get upset by this. Like, I actually posted as a joke on Instagram last. Uh, no, maybe it was a month ago. Basically saying like, oh, I'm becoming a cable rider because I had like some. I had a pretty sick line, and I was pretty stoked on it. But obviously, I'm a boat rider, true and true, and that's what I'll always do. But for me, wakeboarding is a completely different thing because I take, or sorry, cable. I take the boat very seriously, like any, because I'm quite competitive on it. And so I have good sets and I have bad sets and I do get frustrated. Obviously, I always try and make it fun, but there's days where I like, can't land anything and I get frustrated. But on the cable, it's like a whole different sport for me and I have a lot more, I'm going to say I have a lot more fun doing it as a day-to-day -day thing because you can do it on your own accord. 
and I have no expectations of myself. So everything is a bonus. Well, and it's kind of which a, is great. It's, it's even though it's not new, it's new, and you're probably learning. Well, this new is the thing. Yeah, completely. Exactly. Like literally every time, to, and it's small stuff that you wouldn't even notice because you just do it on a rail or something like that. But it's you know you do that like back T seventy on or something. You're stoked. So that's what it is. But it's funny because I had a conversation with some cable like not pros or anything like that like some cable riders in ireland and they're like oh in the last podcast you did like you guys kind of like dismissed cable wakeboarding as if it was like irrelevant almost they're not irrelevant maybe that's they're a strong listening. word <laughs> exactly they're listening but it's good that they're listening and the thing is i actually think it's so strong now and obviously boat sales are up like whatever one or 200 percent for most brands but the cable's also growing at an insane rate and the the riding coming from and i have such a I don't know how many cable riders are fans of me, but I'm such a fan of them, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I think cables definitely, why not do both and why not accept it? Because there's this kind of stigma of boat riders versus cable riders. The way they carry themselves is different. The way they work with brands is different. But at the end of the day, it's everyone's trying to more or less do the exact same at, thing. At the end of the day, we all need to come together. I don't yeah. care if you're a cable it's rider, like skiing boat rider, and wakeboarding, like skier, you know, that's the years thing. Years ago, I don't know if you remember this, well, and I can't speak for America, but in Ireland and Europe specifically, skiers hated wakeboarders. They're like, why are you coming along? Like, And you're taking all the brands and you're doing all this. I don't know if it was like this over here. Oh, yeah, well, it was big time. But the reality was now boat wakeboarding... Actually, boat riders are kind of becoming a little bit more cool about it, and that is great to see. But there was that kind of fear, like, are they going to segregate, or like, what's going to happen with it? How's it all going to work? But I think if it all comes together, it's going to be fantastic. The way I see it, there there is no other option than it all coming together. Yeah. We all need to stick together. And look, I, water skiers, wakeboarders, cable riders, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you can't be pushing people away. You can't be, you know, I don't, don't get me wrong, I like, laugh at some of the um negativity some of the hate that i yep. see like some of it sometimes there's a lot of wake beef isn't you it? know there there is but it, you know but i i get like okay sass and a buddy around or sass and somebody goofing on somebody a little bit yeah but this industry as big as it is it's just too small i would actually disagree it's too small but i actually believe Wakeboarding needs drama. You like, like the drama. I do like. As in, I'm in. I was in the drama, and my drama was accidental the other day. But I've been in it before, and obviously, I just make mistakes. And naturally, yeah, putting put a video yourself, every few days. Put I, yourself, you literally put yourself out there. Exactly. So I'm gonna make mistakes, and then I'm got, gonna get beef. You've got you between all of your outlets. You've got probably a hundred thousand eyes potentially on maybe yeah you and know. your content. You know yeah. So out of actually, out of. Yeah. You, Cut that in half even if you yep. want to, you know, if we want to, whatever. But if you've got 50,000 people potentially looking at your stuff, even 10,000 people, even 1,000 people. You're going to get hate. You're going to get, uh, you know, for every, you know, for every five people that give you a positive comment, there's going to be yep. one Well, person. I'm really fortunate. I don't get very much hate or nearly, I could probably not quite count, but I could tell you the number of random people who've hated on me. But then there's this whole other thing where I've got a substantial amount of hate. And it was particularly when I started out or when I went from like maybe year two to three, I got a lot. And now again, more recently. On the YouTube channel. On the YouTube, but it wasn't from public. It was all from wakeboarders. And it still is. I get so much, I don't know if I can swear on this, so much crap talked about me behind my back. Like so much daily. And I hear it because I have friends like in wakeboarding. Like I don't know how people don't think I'm going to hear it. 
but it like it, it doesn't really bother me. Like obviously, I don't want like people I look up to to talk trash to me, and they do. And like literally, the other day I had someone who I like admire literally just like fully hate on me and go at me, and I was like, saying thank you. But whatever. Like I think, and I don't know. I don't want to come across like arrogant or ignorant or I don't know what the word is. But it's like maybe a little bit of like, damn, he's getting a lot of views, and they can't. And like, yeah, what I'm doing. I'm not spending a month creating or two months or three months because people are doing that. They're creating these edits. They do two edits a year. They're spending six months. They're spending 10 grand producing it and it's getting like 2,000 views. And I'm not even joking, but I can literally upload a video of me doing a Surface 360 that will get more. And it's, it's, but, and that maybe, and that sounds arrogant when I say or maybe, but it's not meant I think I understand what you're saying. What I'm trying to say is I've grown this following. Exactly, exactly. And heard in the wrong context, if you snip that out, it's going to sound terrible. But what I'm trying to say is, that's maybe why there's a little bit of spitefulness there. I Well, dude, I agree. And you know what? Like, don't get me wrong. When you first started getting a lot of the attention on you, you know, maybe maybe you're riding. Uh, you know what? I can't even you know say what? that. You know, because, because my riding is very different and I don't ride. So it's two things. I'm just quite different in terms of like the way I ride is fully different. Like I'm, I can do some hammers. I've done tens. I've see, done. There's no, there, um, and that's but, one of the things that I, I can't see any. But there is, I don't grab that much, and, and on the cable, then I definitely don't have it, and then it's more, my personality is quite goofy, on my, and the, the podcast gets maybe a more serious, like, I don't want to say real, but it's it, it just a different side to me, but I'm quite goofy, and I like to have a lot of fun, and that's, and you're kind of like that as well, like, and that's my kind of mentality with things, but then people see that, and they're like, oh, he doesn't care if he zeeches on rails, or he doesn't care if he's doing spinny, flippy things. But like, obviously, I don't care. But like, or even people give well, me. Well, no, I think you do care. I think you. I think you. I think you probably do care more than you're like letting it out. Like, yeah. you're not going to go out and just, just try to zeech a rail. No, 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 no. Exactly. You know? I have done it a few times for the laugh. I did a fashion air video, and then it got so it, people were like, literally, I think I can't even remember who Bob Sovan. I think told me to quit wakeboarding. So you know what I mean. But like, whatever. I don't care. He's a fun guy. I don't know him, but from what I see, he's quite a fun guy. Uh, so. You're gonna get this naturally, and I am this goofy guy, and and you're a hard working. But, but guy. I'm also like, yeah, I like you're I will threat. outright tell them that I work way harder than them, and I know that because I work like right now we're filming this at ten o'clock. I have to go home and edit at least one video, and I have to edit another video, and then I'm shooting tomorrow. Like I'm busy all the time. I last year I did eighty three flights, most of which were long haul. I like I'm around, and then the thing is, there was actually a great comment on it. I we could go specifically into that, but. Uh, Someone, I'm just going to name drop, Trevor Moore literally just went at me and I'm a huge fan of his and then we can leave this in, don't cut this out because I want him to hear it. He was like, what you're doing is like so stupid and basically, and I don't want to take this out of context, I made a joke about someone else but that was in response to a joke made about me and then he weighed in and then he said like, what you're doing, to, to hate on someone else or to, to make fun of someone else is just a bad way to get views. And if you want to get views, go elsewhere. The most important thing you need to do is have respect from your peers within the industry. Now, I had so much bones to pick with that that this is a great Wait, place to be. Ma- who did you goof on? Or? So basically, a guy called Wesley Mark Jacobson, oh, he yeah. has called me out a couple times and a few different things on a video. He like made a joke about lads and lassies, which is my thing. And then he's also called me out in a space mob thing a few times in a story, but I've never responded. But then a few weeks ago, Oh, sorry, a few days ago, me and John Dryling were on the cable and we were filming. And as we were going around the corner, I like made a joke about the way he rides, as in like I just did what he does in his board because he's got this sick style. And if you go back and look, two months ago, I commented on his video. I was like, man, I love your style. It's like, 
it's there, it's dated. Like, I'm actually a fan. So I made this joke because he was always calling out the lads of lassies and stuff. And then I upload. Then we're in the car and I was like, oh, I should upload that. It would be really funny. And then I did. And then the hell broke loose. There was like 200 comments and everyone was like either hating me or loving me. It was like one way or the other. And it was big hate. So that's where, anyway, that's where Trevor Murray came in and just went at me. And I, was it Trevor? I, I don't even know. I don't have my phone. I don't want to call out the wrong person here. Yeah. Was it Trevor Moore? I don't know. I w- I'm going to read the comments as well. Sorry. That's all right, man. We're, this is this is podcasting, I think brother. I think it's Trevor Moore, but I don't want to get that wrong. But anyway, basically, whoever it was. So first, Graham Burgess, or whatever his name is, commented saying, like, just stop wakeboarding. Please oh, please leave wakeboarding, like, hating on other people. Which is weird, because I just spent, like, two or three weeks with him in uh philippines so i don't know why he was out there yeah it was trevor Murray. glad i'm glad i didn't mess it up so he commented saying blah, blah blah david might have a lot of views and this post this post with lots of comments might be what he's looking for at the end of the day numbers but numbers on social media isn't the numbers you want you want your peers and the industry to respect you and that is earned good luck dave so anyway trevor right i'm gonna call you out i'm gonna say first of all that's not what I was going for. If I wanted, in fact, we'll just go through on my phone. If I wanted views, I would upload a video of me doing a whirly dick or a video of me doing some sort of nine because if you go back, I did double flips the week before on the boat. That one has 21K. This one, Doc, starting off someone has 20K. This other one is 13K, 16K, 11K, 13K. So we're getting views. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to be ignorant. That's more views than this other. I think that post got 15,000 views. Right. So it's, it's more than that. I can get more views if I. So it's, A, it's not to get views. No way in hell. Even though I do think it's entertaining, it was literally a, a joke. Then to say, and I was quite disrespected by him saying the thing about basically like, that's not. Numbers on social media don't matter because they do. And, it, and here's why. It's because literally, and I again, I hate to sound arrogant, but. I've got so many more people into the sport than him, and I, and I don't want to say like I don't say, but like literally every day, thousands, hundreds of thousands, and millions of people are literally like watching my videos and getting encouraged to enter the sport. I get that message every day. I start wakeboarding because of you, and so then to say that it doesn't matter is I think a bit unfair of him, and especially because he's in the video game and that's what he does, and I look up to him as well. Like you know, like his videos are awesome. Well, I've been watching them for years. Here's where I, here's what I think needs to happen. Yeah. I think it's time that everybody comes together and they squash the beef. Yeah, well, that's Blake, Blake Bishop wanted to literally, he threatened me. He wanted to fight me. And these are like some of the nicest guys. I, I met know, Blake Bishop know? at Munich Mash and I had a great, I thought he was a lovely guy. Oh, Gunther are- Oka called me out as well on his story. And I was like, Gunther, like, I've had so many great conversations. I saw him today at the cable and we had a lovely conversation and it was all good. So I don't know, people on social media just go crazy. And the last thing I want to mention is as well, Oh, I don't know. I'm not even going to go into it. But yeah, so I just, the beef happens <laughs> and I was just like, it frustrates me a little bit because I'm like, someone else said as well, like, you don't, don't, you don't take wakeboarding seriously. It was like a pro. I think it might've been Graham. He was like, just to, to think that you don't even take wakeboarding seriously. And I was like, man, what do you think I do every day? Like I literally take wakeboarding so seriously. I might not be pushing the boundaries of what's possible in a wakeboard, but that's someone else's place. My place is to broadcast it, to show fun, loving aspect of it and that's what i try to do you're you're trying to reach out to like what i would consider like the 99 percenters which are like the recreationalists yep. the people out having fun the enthusiasts and i get where those guys are coming from and you've I got do. to respect their passion 
And he, absolutely. And here's one thing that I think is very important. And Trevor, I don't hate you. And if you see me at Expo, feel free to come up and give me a hug or you can punch me one or the other. It depends how you want to take it. But what I will say... Probably not a good idea to punch an Irishman. But. Yeah, 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 exactly. But no, 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 no. no, no I'm not, that, on, I'm not that tough. I'm a small guy. Um, but no, what I would say is I am a strong believer that everyone has their place in the sport. So you need people like me. Like, the industry needs me to be broadcasting it to a lot of people. It needs guys like you to be doing the podcast. It's probably more to the core, but getting people who are really interested in, like, total water sports. It needs people like Steel Lafferty trying triple flips. It needs guys like Wesley Mark Jameson doing the cool swooshy, swashy stuff, kind of pushing cable in a different direction. It needs all these different aspects. It needs guys like Maxim Van Helfer, again, trying triple flips. It needs the steezy people. It needs it needs all this. It needs Mike Daddy. It needs Hardy Clifford because they're the competitive side. At the same, it needs Daniel Grant. I have my beef with Daniel Grant, but I respect him massively. So I think... The sport needs all these people and yet some of them are willing to beef on each other and, and like you can't have it all. You can't be, I mean, maybe someone will come along and do it all. But right now it's impossible to be the best cable, the best boat, the best social media, the best everything. It's not, it's not possible right now. Uso, sorry to interrupt, but I just got to jump in here for one second to talk about Roswell Marine. Just like David O'Queeve, Roswell is always pushing boundaries within the industry. Check out their 2019 product catalog featuring a huge selection of top quality marine audio equipment, board racks, and wake towers. Roswell's motto is quality without compromise. And no matter what you buy, you can buy it with confidence knowing that Roswell products are built to perform reliably from the moment you unbox them. They have 35 preferred dealers located all throughout the United States and Canada. So be sure to use the dealer search function on their website, roswellmarine.com, to find the one closest to you. That website again is www.roswellmarine.com. I respect all those guys too, but you... And I also respect how hard those guys have worked at what they work yeah. at, but nobody can take it away from you what you're doing and the, the exactly. Hard work but I'd love to work with them in. as well, and and thank you for the comments. But no, I would love to work because it would bring something to my channel. Like Trevor is obviously so insane at like filming and cinematography that it would bring a completely different. Dynamic. How many conversations have you had with him? Zero. So, that's, so he has no idea who he's picking on. That's As well, in, and 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 that and maybe he's not picking on you. Maybe he feels so strongly about what he is, and he just doesn't know. And he sees like, dude, because here's the end of the day, you do have forty five thousand. Maybe I have met him. Sorry, I just I don't think I have that. You do have forty five thousand YouTube followers. You do get a, a you know an average of so many thousand views per video, yeah. and. It, it can be slightly threatening and people probably don't know how hard no they don't realize no no it's and it's so that. much like and it, it's literally endless and i can't i mean people talk about i think hard work is like one of the most cliche things now ever but like yeah it's every single day all day like from the moment i wake up like today i've done three shoots i've done shoot myself filmed two other people and now we've done this podcast and then i'm going to edit later like it's every day it's so hectic and that's cool i wouldn't like we say we'd burn out if i didn't like it but yeah maybe they just don't realize they think youtube like there's no because that's probably what it is the quality of video the standard that goes out there it's not edited it hasn't spent four days in the editing studio working on six sick transitions doing loads of color grading like i literally crop stuff together i put music under it and then i do a tiny bit of color grading just to fix it so it equalizes and that's it and then i export it what i would like to see 
in the future is I would like to see you connect with these guys. I yeah. would like to see you go up to Valdosta. Yeah, no, because absolutely. Because I think those guys would actually really like you. No, no, JB and I uh, joked about it. Actually, we were saying like, I maybe he has beef with them. I actually don't know. But we were saying we sh- he was going to, I think he's coming to Orlando in the next couple of days. He was like, man, if we had timed it better and if I had more time, we should have just rocked up to the cable and seen what happened. But yeah, I would love to. And they're probably listening and they either love me or hate me. And I, don't, I honestly don't mind, like, I've got a million things going on, I'm happy to not do it, but I'd love to do it, because I respect what they do in the sport, you know, and that's, that comment on Wesley's video is very important to me, because I'm glad, although I just did it in 10 seconds, and I didn't even really think about that comment, I'm so glad I did, because now it shows that I genuinely am a fan, and I'm not just saying that afterwards. It's so funny, I'm, this is, and this is exactly why I have, <laughs> I have, like, really slowed down on commenting on people's stuff and you know it's just it's it people just you know well first of all there's times when people post you know and you accidentally post and it's like oh man but you know taking things out of context or whatever yeah exactly and and, and that was my mistake there is no one knew that he had already had a go or two at me so people just thought i did it out of the blue and it got blown out of proportion, but it's all fun and games. And to be honest, the fan, like the, the number of people who commented, like this is amazing, like the beef and stuff, the comments, like it's not what I intended at all. I know people will argue it's exactly what I intended, but I really didn't. You can ask John Dryling. We literally made it as a joke, but it, at the end of the day, it worked out well for both of us. I'd yep. say he, I can tell, I can show you the screenshot. I sent, a, I apologized in my story, and I said I'm a massive fan, and everyone just please chill out. And I can show you the screenshot. After 20 hours, it had over 1,000 clicks to Wesley Mark Jacobson. So, like, win or lose, loads of people went to his profile over me. How many followed? I don't know. That's on him then of what his content's like. But I was able to send that many people to him, and that's good. I, I think, like, progressing the core aspect of wakeboarding yeah. is important. But at the end of the day, we need to go it's back both. to the whole, like, pass the handle thing. The pass the handle thing. Exactly. But it's both. And that's that's so important because you need that. And, yeah, yeah. And some of it's quite funny. Like, I don't know if you've seen the whole thing. I'm sure you have between Steel Lafferty and Rusty. Yeah. That's brilliant. Like, I laugh so hard at all that. And so, but they're two guys making fun of it. And, and, and the viewer realizes they're making fun. Well, they probably took what they were watching, some real wake beef. And yeah. they were like, wow, look at the attention this is getting. Let's create some fake yeah, wakeboarders. Because there's beat. been loads. But theirs is so funny and it's so good. And they're two remarkable wakeboarders. And actually, secretly, I can tell you, and it's going to be done tomorrow is the day they're actually going to town on it and they're going to compete and see who goes the highest. Yeah, so this, this comes out if, after. Yeah, actually, this goes out a week later. You can see my speakers sitting up there. I was, I'm actually debating pulling my speakers down and going and. Uh, no and, way, commenting. Uh, yeah, commenting. Yeah, commentating. No way. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty sick. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And Are you going to go? I'm not, I have to fly out, unfortunately. Gotcha. I'll be gone. But yeah, gotcha. I'm looking forward to it. I want to talk about like um, less contest and you deciding it seems yeah. like to start riding less contests and then also wait um wake surfing so i just yeah. want to kind of get your view on, on yeah. like uh my view okay is. where to start i think it's just a changing industry and now the shelf life of everything is so short with everything in life like not just wakeboarding not just everything we live in an add society where everyone changes fast and so that's what's happened there a little bit along with a revolution of Instead of people reading magazines and reading newspapers, they're looking at their phone. And But the content's still being consumed. So I think Wakeboard Magazine have done a pretty good transition, I'm going to say. Not an excellent transition, but a good transition from now they're doing digital. And I think that was a good shout. How many people work in there? You probably know. Not a lot. 
I mean, it's pretty big. I is mean, it? I, I, but there's people, a lot of people wearing a lot of hats, if you okay. catch my drift. So, yeah. like, you know, like Bonnie Air, who owns yeah. the mag, they also have many other. Yeah, I know. There's a few different there, so. like, kind of limbs to it. But I think, obviously, I'm very heavy on the video and social stuff, but I think they could probably do a better. They have the resources, they have the contacts, and they're in Orlando. They could probably do a bit more with that because, and this is not me. Obviously, I'm a social media guy, but if you look at like marketing and media in general, it's a lot more audio, video. Now we we're just talking about this today. Podcast is, I think, is is blowing up right now in the last six months. Where the next eighteen months is going to go, I don't know. But putting their energy into that, as opposed to like a web magazine, is cool. But like, I don't read them. You might read them. Like, I don't mean to be mean, but I just don't have time. Like, my brain's not programmed to sit down and read, and that's me, one person. But I mean, I I, I flip the I flip through the ride line, the WWA's yep. ride line. Every you know, every time they come out, yep. I you know, I just it's kind of like a thing. I yep. I do, I do that, and I try to look at the stuff. And but what but, I do like that they do, and they're doing a good job of this, so I have to commend them on that. Is they do their Instagram post every day. They post a video, I think, and it's a slow mo clip of a rider, and that. That's cool. It's it's organic, it's raw, and it's really good. I like that. And that, that to me, is probably more valuable than their magazine stuff. And that's because it's more consumable. Let's talk about contests. Um, it seems like you've, you know, obviously, originally, you know, in, in, in the start of your career, yeah. um, you know, you were kind of on par to being your Europe's top rider. In fact, you've been named, you know, uh, yeah, a bunch European of... champion multiple times now. Yeah, a few times I've been lucky. Uh, yeah, so I started, came up through the kind of contest side of stuff. Uh, I did do a few junior WWA pro tour, no, never pro tour, the weight games sure. and stuff like that. I kind of, I really enjoyed the contest stuff for a while, but then it kind of, like you're saying, like in Europe, it kind of dried up a little bit in terms of the opportunity. I got to, where I could go with that and you saw that happen with Massey and he moved over here and started doing doing everything over here it's happened with a bunch of riders on the cable side of things as well they're now a lot of European a lot of top cable riders are European and they're moving into kind of the world scene but with myself then when I came over to the States I had a nightmare trying to get on the pro tour like I basically just couldn't get on and it's probably a little bit to do with I couldn't grow here I didn't grow up here so I didn't grow up through the contest scene here on top of probably didn't have the contacts which I guess the two go hand in hand. Uh, and maybe I just wasn't good enough. I've, I have no idea. I would like to think I was, but maybe I wasn't. Uh, so I couldn't get on. So that's that was a challenge. And then, so I just kind of kept doing the stuff in Europe. And I've been really fortunate to have a lot of success. Even last year in 2018, I like won two of the European Pro Tour stops. So that was going really well. And contests to me are very important to focus my riding and to keep consistent and keep like that and give direction. But, now my energy like if i was to go to a pro tour stop it would cost so much money for me to go to fly from ireland so much time it's going to take a week realistically nearly for me to go when you include jet lag travel time everything like that that my energy for the sport for myself for my own career and honestly my interest is far better in the media side of stuff like i'd rather spend like it's going to cost roughly two and a half grand to go to a pro tour stop for me from ireland like if you include flights it's generally last minute car like when i get their rental car accommodation entering the contest wwa membership food like all the costs that go with it i could spend that two and a half grand 
I could go to the Philippines for a month and film, or I could go to even come to Orlando. And like I haven't, I've been here for two weeks. I haven't spent that, not even nearly. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm filming every day with top riders and doing. So my time and money is better spent and better invested, but you're and not, more enjoyable. But you're not done fully competing. No, you're no, just no, no, picking, no, no. You're going to do more picking and choosing. Of exactly picking the ones, and, and I am going to compete this year. I have. Uh, I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I don't really, they probably won't even listen. There's going to be some European Pro Tour stops. They just haven't been announced yet. 100% going to do them. I enjoy doing them. I was until yesterday doing this other contest in Germany. That got kind of cancelled. I still do the stuff in Ireland. I'm trying to think. Uh, the Beach Games in San Diego. I don't know if you know about them. They're, I do know. Yep, I'm going to be there. I so, will be in Mexico. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, it's the same. No, they've changed the dates now that people can do both. The WWA, the worlds have changed dates. Oh, they have? Yeah. You might want to check that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. this is what I've heard in the last few days. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> because of this, I think. But so, yeah, so I'm still going to do com competitions, just not. Oh, you're going to compete there? In the... in at, the At the beach games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sick. Yeah, uh, so I mean, I'm... For some reason, and this is going to kind of lead on to exactly what we're about to talk about next, but <laughs> for some reason, I just assumed you were going to be there as the announcer. No, 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 no. I'm going to Waypoint. No, no, no. Awesome. I'm going so to Waypoint. So I still yeah. might have a job. Yeah, yeah, you should try. Yeah, definitely get in there. I have no idea what to expect. Obviously, it's the, wor the first ever World Beach Games. But yeah, so there's still contests I'm doing. I'm just picking and choosing the ones that suit me, the ones that interest me. As well, like, I know this sounds silly, but why would I go to a Pro Tour stop where I'm going to come, like, 10th or 20th or whatever? You know, there's nothing in it for me. It's well, not even good content. I will say the one thing that would be good for you is there are still a lot of enthusiasts and fans who show Absolutely. up at the events specifically to see their heroes. But so that's cool. That's cool. But there's also a great way to do that. And last year I spent five weeks traveling around Europe meeting them first time. Right. Literally, no coaching, no, wasn't being paid to be anywhere. One park did pay me to come, and it was just because we did a bit of coaching. We did a day every every single other place. We went and we put out the dates. I had a filmer with me and we literally just toured for five weeks and went to all the cables around Germany, France, Belgium, Austria and England. And that was the best way to meet meet people. Like, so, hands down. So and you can give them your time. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. It's just the, the way you connect with them, man, they, they appreciate it so much. It's it's. Really but I really appreciate cool. it. It's like a two-way thing and that's what I think people, for people message me and I'm like, well, actually this is working both ways, you know? So I wouldn't do it if, like, I enjoy doing it, but I wouldn't do it if no one's watching. Sure. Gotcha. Okay, hey, man, let's, let's move on here to this okay. next subject. And... Uh, this one's close to my heart, brother. Yeah. Because it's my job. I know, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've been. Well, first of all, this is it's hilarious because before you even started um, announcing is what what I'm getting at yeah. here. Um, I had made mention a few times selfishly. Yeah. Um, you know, I used to announce with Brad Smela. Of course, yeah. Um, and I, I I feel like you can talk pretty well on a microphone. You know, in our interactions, you've done pretty well and and everything. And so I made a couple of comments a couple of times. I'm like, let's get David over Thank here. you, because I have been contacted before, and literally it was Corey, Corey Dyer saying yeah, that... Yeah, Corey Wilson. That you, uh, Corey Wilson, sorry, yeah, that she had said uh, that you had suggested, so thank you for that. Yes, I, I'm, I'm hoping eventually... We'll Wakeboard contests will generate so much money that we can fly you in and over and you and I. Because yeah. I'm just imagining how much fun we could have and how much energy so and much how fun. much color. Two like, or three days of it as well, not just an hour or two on a podcast. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. It would, it would a be, lot of fun. It would be a blast. So I want to find out. So you, you're you not just announcing wake events. In fact, in fact, I don't really do wake yeah, events. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I've seen you. Done I, one. Yeah, announce one wake I'm doing event. a second, but that's two out of. 
20 or 30. Okay, so so talk about what some of these events are that, that you're stepping into and announcing. So, long story short, and this is how YouTube has worked. A great example of how it's worked in my favor. The guy who, he's actually just left, but the guy who runs Rebel Cliff Diving, like the overall, like, what's his, the comms manager or whatever, he watches my YouTube videos and he messaged me basically. I've met him a couple times in wakeboarding, like whatever. And then he messaged me saying there's this opportunity to come up where you would announce some stuff at Rebel Cliff Diving. And I'm like a roving reporter. So I like go around, interview the divers, but then separately I do stuff on social media as well, like commentating and stuff. And would I be interested? And obviously I was like, yeah, I'd be interested. And so the opportunity came through YouTube, did a couple. The first few were pretty sketchy. I'm not going to lie. I was like nervous, shaking, sweating. And then slowly now I've become more and more comfortable. So I've had the experience of working for Red Bull uh, multiple times on yeah. different events, obviously wake events, but I've also been able to announce some of their, um, some of their more tongue-in-cheek events. I yeah. was the MC for... Um, one of the national Red Bull Fluke Togs, yeah, um, which happened awesome. in Chicago. And they literally gave me, it was a four-hour event, but they gave me a book that was thick, that was literally... Every minute. Uh, every minute of the 50 day. 50 seconds, yeah. Yeah, no, it was like down to 45-second increments or something. Yep. And and here I am, this is like six or seven years ago when I, the event I'm talking about, but here I am already six or seven years into my career of an announcer, but nobody has ever handed me a, a script that was 60 pages long. What's worse is like, I'm guessing you've experienced it is you have a producer in your ear and when you go 10 seconds over, they give out to you. Yeah. That, so that, that wasn't the experience I had. I wasn't worried about that. What happened to me was I was in the Chicago Red Bull Flug Tog and there was Roughly like 125,000 people there, and there's a big, you know, 100 no. foot screen TV over here, and I'm like a quarter of a mile somewhere else, yeah. and I'm doing what you're doing. I'm in the pits. You I know, know exactly what's happening. What you're gonna say, and here. I'm, and so I'm emceeing, announcing, interviewing people, but well, I'm talking. What I'm saying is coming out yeah. about a second and a half later. Yeah, it's so trippy, isn't it? And and. So how did you deal well, with that? I don't do that. So it's very different. I'm, I have done that for one. I did an event, a OC or obstacle course racing event where that happened to me. And my goodness, thankfully there's three rehearsals, there's two rehearsals and then the show. So I learned to deal with it, but it was tough. And I Honestly, I messed up a few times because of it. But I'm lucky with the cliff diving that all we do is it TV. It's completely different. So I don't, all I hear is the show and I don't deal with, there's separately there's an MC. So I don't have that problem, which is great. That's unbelievable, dude. So uh, do you foresee yourself doing more and more of this stuff? No idea. I don't know. It, it's just like, I'm a, like I like to just do various different things. I like to keep busy, and that's a great opportunity. It's really enjoyable. Meeting and hanging out with the cliff dive. Like, I knew nothing about cliff diving. Like, I, when, they, when he asked me to know I want to come, I was like, yeah, but I know nothing. Like, I don't know a single name of anyone. He was like, that's fine. Don't worry. I obviously did like six or seven stops last year. I can't remember. Six stops, four. I actually don't even know. But I learned so much. It's And everyone, and the thing is like, I was spending time with divers and like hanging out with them. Learning. Have, they, have you dived? I've been, they've been teaching me. There's a couple of the guys who I get on pretty well with and they've taken the time out when we're there. Because a lot of the locations are quite remote. And you, or not, they can be public too, but they can be remote and you can just go diving when you're not like 
but like in the competition, they're diving from like a hundred feet up. No, no. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, twenty-seven and a half meters, which in feet it's like multiplied by three point three. Yeah, so it's ninety uh, something. Yeah, it's about ninety something. Yeah, which is high. If it goes wrong, to put it in perspective, like the females go from twenty-one and a half feet, and meters. one of the meters. Sorry, yeah, meters. And one of the in the Azores, which is part of Portugal in the Atlantic Ocean. One of the girls went in and she just slightly was off on her angle and she was knocked out cold. Like, out clean. Unbelievable. Obviously, the safety precautions are there. Well, they got the bubbles it, coming yeah, up from yeah, under and then they crazy. got the divers who go right yeah. in. What an but it just shows how dangerous... Like, if you go... Like, I can't even imagine what would happen if you belly flop. They I, never do. They never belly flop. I feel like we that some of the wakeboarders would be really, really good at it. Yeah, but we don't have the finesse that they have. Like... We're we're quite sketchy when we flip. You know who would actually be who's an, a very impressive diver, who? believe it or not, is Parks Bonifay. I actually don't doubt it. I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, he's he's pretty insane, and I and I don't know. I was watching some old Cypress Gardens videos, yeah. and I, I I think in the old days, like when his dad was a skier there, and yeah. his mom, like in the old days, they used to have like diving shows or something in it, and the skiers were probably divers as well. Yeah, as, crossed over. So yeah. so super cool, man. That's uh. I, I hope to be able to make it out to one of those events. I I don't think they're doing any of them in America no, in the this, States year, this year, unfortunately. unfortunately no. But uh, I also hope to see you uh, do a big jump one day. What's the biggest uh, you've dove biggest so far? Biggest I think I've gone is maybe twelve meters, which is thirty six feet. Yeah, roughly. I think. Feet. Yeah, yeah. I don't. My maths is terrible on the spot, but yeah. So. But what did you do? Did you do like I did backflip off that? I did yeah backflip and back. I think off ten meters, I did backflip three sixty. Or I think it's called like a full twisting back. Yeah. In, sure. in diving terms. We'll just call it a back. Yeah, yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, I did a whirly bit. That's literally what I did. I full on did the thing with my arm and everything. <laughs> so, David, you have this respect between yourself and your fans. And I think that's really, really neat. Some of the, what I think is so cool that I've seen you do over the last few months, um, the way you interact with your fans. And it's almost like, you let your fans choose your life a little. They narrate bit. <laughs> it a bit. They do, yeah. And yeah. and and what I'm talking about first is um, the the travel we talked about at the top of the show. We were talking about the Philippines and Australia yeah. and Thailand. And what I thought was so cool is you put a post out one day and you're like, yeah. "Hey guys, where should I go?" Yeah. And then four days later, you were literally in the Philippines. Yeah. I was super undecided on it. Couldn't because I had some friends in Thailand, had some friends in Philippines. Good filming opportunities in both, both incredible countries. And I was, just couldn't decide. So I just put it out to the public. And I think it was like 51% Philippines, 49% Thailand. So I went to the Philippines. Unbelievable. And what have you else? been to that, to CWC in the Philippines? Yeah, there was, it was such a, like the media that came out of that was so cool. Awesome. And, but I was asking, have you ever been? Oh, yeah. I've been, oh, yeah. I've been now I've been to the uh, Philippines on two occasions, I've been to CW. What, uh, what do you like? Do you like it? Or? Yeah, I, I loved it. I don't like the travel to get yeah, there. Yeah, it's a Manila is gnarly, but it's really, really cool to be there. But the one thing for me is like, okay, you got to imagine this. I'm on the road every single weekend, you know, very similar to you, but yeah. I'm announcing. So I show up at a place like on a Thursday night, announce Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I fly out on Monday. Yep. And the Philippines are basically yeah. the same thing. So imagine flying twenty four. Yeah. Or what was it? Like forty it's hours. More, yeah, yeah, about that I'd say from here. A forty hour be. trip, get in, have a day to kind of relax and get into it. But so I haven't actually. And it's tough because you're around. giving energy the whole time. It's not like when you oh, ride yeah. somewhere where you just ride for like 
10, 20 minutes, like you're giving energy all day, like enthusiasm. That's oh, yeah. Tough. You can go when you, as a rider, you can go back to your cottage yeah, and go exactly. take a nap yeah, after you're Back I'm, into the AC we go. Yeah. I'm out there. I'm yeah, out there tough. all day long. I don't envy that. Hey, it is what it is. I love the Philippines. I hope that I get the opportunity to go back out there one more time. Those guys do a great job at CWC, and yep. I don't blame you for, for spending time out there. It was the awesome. Paradise. I just want to go for longer next time. That's the only thing. No doubt. And, and dude, it's so affordable. Oh, like... To put it in perspective, it was a hundred dollars. No, maybe two hundred. I can't. Remember. One or two hundred. It doesn't really make a difference. Uh, for a week, accommodation, riding, everything included. Not not food, but everything else. Yeah, but the food's only like oh, it ends up being cheap, like three yeah. or four dollars. Yeah, meal. you don't spend anything there. Like you could go there for genuinely, I think like three months for the same as com- for me to come here for like two weeks. Oh yeah, and it's then crazy. the markets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just it's just such a different way of living. Like it's. I mean, for productivity, oh, I was so stressed out because the internet's not great. Like, there's loads of things I could say about it. But overall, the park is incredible, particularly now they've really dialed it in. The people are incredible. The food's pretty good. The food in Thailand's better. No offense, Philippines. But uh, the whole place is incredible. You get your little scooter. You just eat, sleep, wake, wood, repeat like that. That saying is what you do. So getting back to you letting your fans choose and choosing that trip, another thing... Um was your wakeboard. Yeah. So you haven't designed your own signature board no. yet that we know of, but what O'Brien has done for you over the last season or so is they've given you a signature graphic on what I believe is like one of your favorite boards. It's, it's the board I've been riding for years. Yeah, the Valhalla. So basically what happened, if we were to summarize it, is I had asked, I've been asking like every wakeboarder, every wakeboarder goes to Expo and says, can I get a pro model? That's the goal. And most of the time you're told no, or maybe next year. And that's kind of what I was told. And obviously, obviously I have a brilliant, I've been with O'Brien nine years now. This is my ninth year, I believe. So like brilliant relationship. Everyone in there is like, just, it's just such a good workflow we have. Everyone knows what everyone has to do. Everyone gets on. It's brilliant. So they were like, listen, like, oh, I don't think we can really do it this year or whatever. And I was like, listen, no problem. Like the support I get's unbelievable. So no worries. Then I did the most stupid thing in my life. And in January 1st of last year, I decided to upload to YouTube every single day. Never do it. I did it 34 days in a row and it ruined me. I did get burnt out at that point. But did you get a lot of views? Got a lot of views, but I probably did it at the wrong time of the year. It goes back to what we were saying earlier about the seasonal thing. But yeah, it was great from an engagement. The thing that went through the roof was people because you become part of someone's daily routine then and so you really really get this connection with people and the, the engagement was just phenomenal at the time and so in i came home from australia and i was super jet lagged i think i was australian new zealand and i was so jet lagged and i was like i have no videos to film like i'm not gonna i'm in ireland right now i was going snowboarding in a few days but i was like i have nothing to film i'll just film a q a like just nice and easy. So loads of questions came in. And in about four and a half minutes into the Q&A, someone said, what about a pro model? And I was like, oh, I'd love to, but I don't know if it's going to happen or I don't know. And then Ross D'Antonio is like the social media guy. He picked up on it and he put out a post, I think on his own accord, saying, should we give David a pro model? So I saw that and then I was like, this is insane. So I, I screenshotted it, put it on my story. And then I went to my grandmother's for dinner. Had dinner, had a cup of tea with my granny, and I didn't look at my phone the whole time. And then came out to my car and my phone exploded. Like thousands, literally, not even joking, thousands of people had commented on the post. And 
then I just heard nothing. Like I got an email saying like blown away by this, like be in touch shortly. And then just nothing, silence for two weeks. And I was emailing like, hey, what's going on? Like, we have to do this now. There's all these people who really are willing to support it. And then O'Brien, Pizzeret, he's like kind of the main guy in O'Brien, or one of them anyway. And he put out a video on their social media, basically in front of everyone in the offices. And this is how I found out, which was quite crazy. Saying so we're going to do it and it's going to come out in September or whatever. Uh, and so then it happened. And then what's more is we put it out to the public to design and like a 16-year-old kid, for want of a better word, like incredible artist, he designed it. And he's literally designed my wakeboard, which is insane. And then we gave him like a full setup, like board bindings. And how did the everything. how did it go? So how many boards did they make for you? I can't, I can't say those numbers, but it went exceptionally well. Did they sell out? It's more or less sold. It's, so there's a couple like of the smaller sizes. In the States, I think there's literally like, I'm going to go ahead and say like a couple, like that small of the, the one smaller, the 133. And then Europe, it's basically gone. I think a couple left in Asia. Australia, more or less gone. I don't know exactly, because obviously they go out to dealers and stuff. But yeah, it just was, they were blown away. Like, I think everyone, it was a very humbling thing. Like, the support was real. And we messed around as well. We made some mistakes. Like, this all got announced in maybe March, even February, actually. And nothing happened until September. Like, it wasn't tangible until then. So it was pretty crazy to get. So are you going to get your own shape? Hypothetically, if you did. Hypothetically, yeah. Hypothetically, I know what you're going to say, yeah. But what would it be? Would it be a boat board? Would it be a cable board? Like, what would it be? Because I, I just feel like somebody like you, you know, after all this time, you probably have just, your brain is probably just stacked with thoughts and ideas. With thoughts, it is. It's a long process. This is one, last year was a huge learning curve of how long this stuff takes. So obviously, I, won't and can't and i can openly say right now there's no plans for a shape like i haven't but it's a long process so i'm happy to say that because it, it, it won't come we are working on doing various different things uh to try and get quite creative with it all but yeah i'd love to do a shape one day obviously uh, I, I don't know when it's going to be and if it happens i will not be telling people to exist because it'll be uh it's too much to handle like this the social media pressure of needing something like instantaneous instantaneously or i can't even say that word it's impossible with production lines and things like that and even prototypes you do like 12 well, 15 you mention it you mention it today and they want it tomorrow which and is we're impossible. not talking tomorrow next month or three months from now that you were literally yeah. like like if if, if like o'brien would have put that note out yeah. and then been like surprise we actually already have the board ready like you probably would have sold probably double that oh, next day. exactly and that's the thing yeah exactly that's it so it's it's tough all right David, but we, thank you. So I'm going to say a quick thank you to anyone who did buy one because it's pretty crazy. And I get tagged all the time with people. Someone came second or third in a contest with one yesterday. Which yesterday was Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm actually gonna put my eyes out and look for one of those 133s and yeah. get it over here. Maybe I'll cut it down and turn it into a trick ski. Yes. You know, I'm just joking. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find one. Maybe have you sign it. Maybe we'll uh, yeah add it to your collection here. Add it to the collection or something. That's it's the funny thing is I got a knee board in here. I don't have any any wakeboards yeah, in this collection true, yeah. here. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the wakeboards are actually in the shed, believe it or not. I think okay. I've got one out there. So didn't make the front line. We oh, won't, yeah. we won't be offended. All right, before uh, we get to the shout outs, the sponsors, and the social media that everybody already knows of, I have one last question for you, David. Yep. And this has been this has been burning a buttery hole in my brain for a long time. I know. Brother. I feel like because you mentioned it a minute ago. Are you coming back to America 
August 16th and 17th to Wisconsin for Centurion Boats and Roswell and O'Brien and Twin Lakes Corn Fest, brother. I can't answer this because you just told me about this like an hour ago. So far, I have two schedules. So one is public on my website. And then I have another one which has like loads of other dates in it that I don't announce yet. Uh, So I need to double check that one. But quite possibly, I'm going to do my very best. I would say the chances are about 80% though right now. I don't think because I actually think there was another contest there and it got cancelled. I hope so. It sounds pretty sick. Good. Well, you're going to check your schedule for that, and yep. I'm going to have all three of your sponsors that are all three of sponsors of the event hit yep. you up in the next, like, 10 days, and let's yep. get this thing locked yep. in because the people of the Midwest, they love the Irish, and they want some David yep. O. Yep. Well, we can we can supply. I definitely, I'm 100% game. Like I said, if in the middle of the year, if there's something going on, I'm there for sure. If it's fun, if there's people there. It sounds like a pretty fun event. I'm in. It's a water it's a water sports enthusiast event. It's not just a wakeboard event. It's yeah. not just a wake surf event. It's not just a water ski event. It's a mix it's everything. between everything. And do you have to compete in everything? Uh no. no? I, you're I, I see you coming out just wakeboarding. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good to me then. I, I basically invented a contest called Legends of Wake for you. Okay. What what so. does it entail contest wise? It's basically because I was trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get, like, the guys from, like, my day. You know, the guys that I yeah, came up course. with. So the, the guys the idea, I looked up to, yeah. The idea of Legends of Wake is it's basically kind of a throwback um, expression session. So, yeah. yeah, we'd love to see double flips and 1080s. But at the end of the day, we want to see cool, smooth, Fun flowy style. Oh, I'm all about that. You're and we got a ski ramp, and I don't care if you want to hit it. Yes. You know, that's how my first ever kicker was a ski ramp. Toe oh. side, yeah. Hey, Back so we, in the day. So we got one up there for you, brother. We, uh, can I wear a motorbike helmet? That's what I did when I was like 13, yeah. You wear whatever you want, dude. All right? As long <laughs> as you're wearing good. a vest and a helmet, you can do whatever I'm in you there. want. All right? Sweet. That's Sounds so deal. good. All right, dude. Um... I know you got a, a handful of sponsors and probably people behind the scenes in your life that you yeah. want to give some love to. Who are they? Oh, okay, so first of all, I want to just, re- with regard to our, old, our earlier conversation, I literally, I love wakeboarding. I wasn't trying to cause beef, but I was just responding to the beef that was given. And any of the people, I'm literally no, no hard feelings towards anyone. Um, people I want to thank, I guess, mainly would be uh like my family are pretty cool with everything uh I, i'm really appreciative that they're in it but they're not like into it if that makes sense because i see that often like wake parents can i think you i think you mean it the other way they're into it but they're not in it <laughs> yeah yeah maybe yeah but basically they support it but they have no interest in what actually goes on specifically on a wakeboard and i'm very grateful for that because sometimes i've seen it ruin poor kids and stuff so that's like just parents being over involved so i'm very grateful for the relationship i have there and the support uh i'm trying to think obviously my sponsors which are o'brien centurine roswell dry robe basics is kind of like also like my brand thing i'm trying to think if there's anyone else sidewalk in portugal I think that is it, but I could be missing. If some. you forget any, because like we don't, we don't really have. To, I, I've got some notes here for myself, yeah. but if you forget anything, I'm pretty sure that. Let I'm me know pretty how. sure that's it. Um, oh, anyway, yeah, that's all them. And then I think that's basically all my friends, people I ride with. I guess the whole industry as a whole for being quite cool. And then most importantly, the lads and the lassies, because they are literally that is the 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 foundations of everything. It's like makes nothing else is possible without them. 
All right. Well, for the seven people out there who might not be following you, uh, <laughs> where, where can they find you? Uh, so basically all my social media is David OC. So it's literally just at David OC because my surname is an absolute nightmare to spell. So I just last year I was like, oh, I'm shortening this. There it is. All oh, that class, all oh, that luck from the Irish, David <laughs> O. Also, you're you. welcome that I've gone, like, I've been in America for two weeks and I've learnt the American kind of tone to my... Va- I'm going to go back to Ireland tomorrow. And be- all right, guys, what's the crack here? I'm excited now for this podcast and it's way faster and way more Irish. Well, you're saying we could really, really understand you this time, yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. There it is. Dave, thanks a bunch, guys. That's David O'Queeve right here on the Golden Mike Podcast, baby. Dig it. Oh, yeah. With summer coming up and just around the corner, it's time to start thinking about the good times at the lake. Whenever you're out on the water this summer, please be mindful of other boaters and most importantly, homeowners. Ensure that you're doing your part by educating others and always practicing proper wake etiquette. Be sure to always stay a safe 200 feet away from shorelines and docks. Keep your music at reasonable levels and minimize repetitive passes on any one portion of shoreline. Head over to wakeresponsibly.com to take the Wake Responsibly compliance exam. Earn a perfect score and receive a sticker badge free of charge that you can put on your boat to remind others to wake responsibly as well. SeaDeck is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. SeaDeck is available in a variety of sizes, thicknesses, and colors, and they have a worldwide network of certified fabricators and installers ready to help you design the custom kit of your dreams. Order your very own free sample SeaDeck kit and find your local fabricator online at www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. For durability, comfort, and an incredible look and feel, your boat deserves SeaDeck. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. I want to thank David O'Queeve for hanging out and keeping it real with us here on the podcast. I'm currently hard at work trying to get in touch with Trevor and some of the other boys he mentioned on the Golden Mike a little bit earlier so we can get both sides of the story. After all, I believe... All beef should be served nice and balanced. Who knows, maybe we can squash things right here on the podcast. Communication saves relations, people. That's all I'm saying. And if any of you listeners want to communicate with me live and in person, I'll be announcing at the Malibu Rider Experience South this weekend from May 3rd to May 5th at Freedom Wake Park in Orlando, along with the WWA Southern Wakeboard Regional Championships. I'm sticking around town right here in Orlando for stop number two of the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour at the trusty old OWC. That's May 11th. The very next day, you'll still be able to find me at OWC for the first stop of the Thigh High Surf Series presented by Nautiques of Orlando and Danny Harf. Then I'm heading to Texas for the Superboats Pro Wake Tour. It'll be my 10th time kicking off the U.S. Pro Tour season and announcing after a four-year absence from the series. But I'm still going to consider this my 10th anniversary. So if you guys want to come down and celebrate with me, I recommend it. Good times. 
After that, it's back to Florida for Feet on Fire South. Tuesday, May 21st at the waterfront, again in Orlando. And I finish off the month strong at the 60th Masters Water Ski and Wakeboard Tournament presented by Nautique at Callaway Gardens in Pine Mountain, Georgia. It'll be my 14th time announcing and my 16th time attending the event. I gotta say, it feels like home up there. I can't wait. Thank you to David O., And an enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support. Thanks to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats Masterline, Centurion Boats WSIA, Roswell Marine, O'Brien, Ledway, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlight, and GoPuck. Behind the scenes, a special thanks to Jenna Carruth on the web, Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shavashavish on copy, and Rich Walsh on the sound. That's it. That's all for me, folks. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. As always, I'm the Noise of the North. I'm Daniel Lomano, and you can hear me next time once again right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.